Chaplin. <laughs> Welcome to the market. Hi. Go ahead and park it. Hope that you are starving. Debbie Roots Deep got me thinking it's a parsnip. Every week I get knowledge to go. A year before everyone, how did they know? Figuring how they go college to pros. I pop it on listen and now I'm the pro. I'm still trying to grow. And they do the same. Hundreds of teams, too many to name. And yet they are filtering everything. Only the best, Shane Hallaman Kane. Marketplace, marketplace. Debbie is everything, marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Market Marketplace, marketplace, Debbie is everything marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Hey! Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Debbie Marketplace Podcast. Kane, Shane, and Nelly back with you again. This week we're gonna break down running backs. Now that we have Shane back and he's all cultured by going to one of the whitest places ever, which is the UK. He brought back a ton of culture, a ton of knowledge, and we're just ready to go. Um, so so let's just get after it, huh, Shane? UK and Ireland, by the way. So you know, yeah, that's, that's isn't that bad, technically part of the UK? It is not. Or do but, they get upset when you say that? Yeah, that that's not good. Okay. A lot of bad history there too. <laughs> Are you saying there's beef? I was saying there's yeah, there, there, there was some beef. Uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, but it was it was a good time. I'm glad to be back. You guys killed it two weeks ago on the podcast. Uh, great draft. So I enjoyed listening to it on the train to uh, Scotland. Yeah, so hopefully you enjoyed that podcast two weeks ago. Last week, we took some time with our families. Like, we weren't all together. Um, Shane was in Europe. Nelly was, I don't know, looking at, like, spreadsheets or something with his family. I'm not, I'm not sure what they do for fun. Um, and then I was with some friends at the lake. So um, great time. Uh, Nelly, what did you do? Yeah, do I get to retort against that, or do I just have to soak that? <laughs> it's up to you. <laughs> no, I took some time away from the spreadsheets. Um, okay. I had some some personal spreadsheets I, I worked on for fun, but no work spreadsheets. Uh, and we watched some fireworks in the mountains, so it was nice. Hey, nice. I'm glad. Uh, see, we don't work Nelly too hard over here. <laughs> um, just sometimes he gets, has to get back to those numbers. Um, so we're just going to dive into running backs here. And a few weeks ago, I think we, we kind of broke down quarterbacks and kind of where we're sitting in each class. So people kind of understand um, where the position kind of lines up, you know, in 23, 24 and what might be coming um, down down the line here. Um, so we're going to do that again at running back. Obviously, we know there's some maybe one or two good running backs in this 23 class. Um, there's going to be some arguments probably over a guy named Sean Tucker would be my first guess. Um, but we're going to get into that, and we're going to break down the 23 running back class, 24 running back class, and then the 25 running back class as well. And maybe, you know, if we're excited about some guys coming in from high school, so we'll kind of talk about that as well. Um, let's just get into it, Shane. 23, the 2023 running back class, very good, right? I, I think it is. I mean, I think you have – the, the high end you have kind of the the next day two kind of tier and then I think you have some nice upside for this season too. Uh, we, you know we know B. John Robinson at Texas is you know one of the best prospects we've seen probably since Saquon Barkley. Jameer Gibbs from Alabama moving to Georgia Tech, he's probably going to be a high pick. Uh, and Zach Evans at Mississippi I, I think is going to have a shot to emerge as another top running back. Um, and he, you know, 
I think that's a nice, really top tier. And then I think you even get a step down. Tank Bigsby, Auburn, Zach Charbonnet, UCLA, Sean Tucker, Syracuse. Um, you know, kind of whatever flavor you like too, from Devin Chain and Muhammad Ibrahim. So I think we're going to have a, a not only are we going to have like first round picks at running back, it's going to happen this year, but we're also going to have some depth into second round, third round, fourth round of the NFL draft. You're going to see a lot more running backs go than we've seen the past two years. I think the biggest argument we're going to have, right, is I think most people are going to have Bijan Robinson as the running back one. But I think the question is, who is actually the running back two of this class, Nelly? Uh, yeah, I mean, that is the question. Um, I think right now, from a Debbie perspective, I think Jameer Gibbs is the safer pick to be running back two because he's at Alabama. He's... Uh, got more of a proven track record. He catches passes. Um, and we don't have the off-the-field concerns, I'll, I'll put it that way, that we do with Zach Evans. But I think ultimately if Zach, like, if Zach Evans has a very good season, I think he bumps Jameer Gibbs for that running back two spot as long as everything kind of goes to plan for him. He, he has all the talent in the world. And the thing that he has is he's much bigger than Jameer Gibbs. He has that workhorse potential, whereas Gibbs is, Gibbs is flirting with the 200 number, which isn't something you want to talk about. But that is something that we're going to have to face one, one day with Jameer Gibbs. So that's not an issue with, with Zach Evans. I do want to let you know, if I ever flirted with 200 pounds, I'd be pretty happy. <laughs> <laughs> Like, like, you know, you never know. Maybe one day. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It, it, it is interesting to note. So the Phil Steele magazine came out. Um, Zach Evans is RB18 in this class for them, which is wild. But, like, maybe at this point, the NFL is not quite as high on Zach Evans as we are. And we might be ahead of the curve. Like, I think we are. Right. Like, I think we are ahead of the curve in the Debbie community on some of these running backs, but that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And I think, you know, there's a few players that that kind of are going to be viewed probably higher by the NFL than there is, you know, by the Debbie community. And that happens every single year. And that's kind of the spot where we need to get better. But, you know, I think I think one of those running backs that is going to. You know, when he came into college, he was viewed very highly as a really good running back. I think that's going to continue to fade this season. Um, and that's a guy, Tank Bigsby, right? So coming in, Tank Bigsby was viewed as one of the top running backs in this draft class, not just by 24-7 sports, but by most Devi analysts when they actually saw him on the field at Auburn. Uh, you, They could see why he was special, right? Um, you know, he didn't catch a ton of passes, but Ken, um, when they would actually throw the ball to him and maybe had a good offensive system. He could catch the ball, um, but he's just an incredible runner. Possibly could be the best pure runner in this class, right? Very like Nick Chubb-esque in that regard of like, you know, if you put him in the right system and you just kind of let him run over and over and over again, he's going to find a lot of success, right? But if you're going to kind of ask him to, kind of be, you know, a, a lateral jump cut guy over and over and over again and make him always burst outside and do those sort of things. It's probably not like the best move for him, right? Um, but I think Tank Bigsby is probably the most interesting guy outside of 
you know, the top three guys just as to where the NFL is going to be versus Debbie players. Because I think you can make the case that the NFL is actually really going to like him. Right. You're going to get the guy that's going to run probably late four fours, probably like four, four, eight, four, four, nine, somewhere around there. You have a guy coming at six foot, 208 pounds, a really, really strong runner. Like, I think you can make the case that the NFL is really, really going to like him. Um, and sure, it might just be in a two-down role, and that's kind of what we have to expect in fantasy football. And hopefully he progresses to that three-down role. But I think overall, someone we have to like is Tank Bigsby. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm still a big fan. Like, I, I think Auburn's just such a mess that uh, I think he's coming at a value in Debbie drafts right now because people were like, ah, the production isn't quite there. He's a running back in the SEC that split time on a team that was kind of a mess uh, coaching-wise. I'm still a big fan of Tank Bigsby. I think he could be a first-round NFL draft pick if he has the testing numbers to back up what we see on the field. Uh, Similar to Nick Chubb. I think what happened to Nick Chubb could happen to Tank Bigsby here going forward. Yeah, I'm still a fan, too. I think he's pretty clear. I think he's a tier of his own as the fourth running back in this class. Like I think the guys soon to come after are are a tier below him. Um, I think something to consider is he had a disappointing sophomore year. I think reports are that he was pretty beat up for it. So he was playing injured for it. The situation wasn't great, as you said. He's also flashed a little bit of receiving ability. Like, for some reason, it's been in spurts. He's had, like, a couple games where he has all his catches. Um, So if if that expands to a full season... That would also be fantastic, right? Because we we like to see that from from a fantasy fantasy perspective. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think the Tank Bigsby fade has gone a little bit too far this off season. Yeah, I'm within. You see, I think part of what what kind of influences this too, and like I know we all love playing in C two C leagues, um, and I think I think something we need to keep in mind is how C two C kind of influences Devi a little bit, right? it actually doesn't always matter how many points they score in college for, for a fantasy team for if they're going to be successful in the NFL, right? Um, it's the same reason why Georgia has a million and a half running backs, but none of them were like absolute studs, right? Um, the NFL sometimes views that really, really well. So um, Tank Bigsby, who did split carries this past season, um, that's not necessarily a bad thing. And also he was hurt for for most of it, right? So... Um, that certainly shouldn't be a knock and something that we have to kind of keep in mind. Um, let, let's go sleepers in this class. Um, I'll, I'll rip off the bandaid first. Um, and this is someone that Shane already knows who I'm going to talk about. That's why I decided to go first. Got to talk Kenny McIntosh, baby. Um, (laughs) Um, so here's, here's the deal, right? The NFL is going to like Kenny McIntosh a whole lot more than we are as like Debbie people. Right. Um, you could make the case that he could be the one at Georgia or he could be the one, a, the one B right with Kendall Milton. All of that is kind of up in the air. Right. But the one thing that we know right now is the NFL likes him a whole lot. Um, and that is not Debbie consensus because Debbie consensus is that Kenny McIntosh isn't even close to like a top 10, top 12 back in this class. Right. And most people don't even know Kenny McIntosh is a person that plays college football right so um that he has to be on your radar and i think that's something someone that we have to kind of get ready for because um 
even if you draft him now, you have you should have a pretty nice value gain when he plays for Georgia, when people realize who he is. And he, he might even make a few flashy plays. He's going to catch a few passes. Um, and he's going to do some things that, that excite some people. And guess what? Georgia's going to win a lot of games and be on um, you know, national television a lot because they're a good football team. Um, so you can use all that. Let's say you don't even like Kenny McIntosh, and you're in like these eight-round Devi drafts. You draft him in the eighth round because no one knows who he is. You're probably going to have a nice value gain when people realize that uh, he's just kind of sitting on your team. And you can use that to kind of tear up at another position. Yeah, I think it's he's really interesting, right? Because he's kind of been like a he's been uh like the third back in the backfield for a couple of years. He's been the pass catcher there. So you think uh he's like the next James Cook potentially as a pass catcher. He's six one, two ten. Like he's a big guy. He can he can be a big back. I don't think he's the most athletic back in the world. I think I saw somewhere that he tested out of high school at, at a four eight. So that's not ideal, but those testing numbers aren't always reliable from high school to college. And I think ultimately he's a Georgia back, right, with good size and pass catching. And he's he's a top 10 back in this class. I just moved him up in, in my ranks inside the top 10, and I, I don't think I'm high enough on him still. And he averaged a full yard per carry more than Kendall Milton last year. So, like, who's Georgia going to have be the guy running the football? You know, like, I like Kendall Milton, but he didn't get it done last year. Kenny McIntosh, did they have the same number of carries? So. Yeah, I think you also have to talk about, um, you know, we're not going to touch on it too much because obviously we don't know everything that happened there, but he did get arrested this past this past April um, that there was a car accident and the car was going 60 and a 40 um, that collided with another car. So um, I think I believe everyone ended up being OK, like health wise, including the, the um, I think there was a lady in the other vehicle also ended up being OK health wise. So um, good news there. But. That's definitely something we got to look at and might it might potentially might move him down some draft boards, but it's for the NFL, but it's showing that it hasn't yet. So kind of keep that in mind. Shane, Nelly, you have a sleeper. You have one, Nelly, you want to go first? Uh, I'll give two because they're kind of in tandem. It's the same reasons. Um, and I don't think I'll be taking, I don't think I'll take Shane's. I like both uh, Izzy Abanaconda from Pitt. And Kendra Miller from TCU, they're both entering their third year. So it's the first year being draft eligible. Um, and both guys have just, they've been sneakily pretty solid producers their first two years and kind of step into good roles for their third year. Um, they've been efficient. They've got good size. They catch the ball. It's a, it's a combination of all those things that he, they, they basically check all the boxes that I'm, I'm looking for. So I don't know if they explode. Maybe they burst onto the draft scene. As of now, they're kind of under the radar when it comes to NFL circles that when I kind of look at, like, for example, Phil Steele's stuff, those guys are way down there. But if, if they explode, I could see it happening for them. You know, and, and I'll, um, I'll I'll kind of piggyback in, in two guys in a different direction, but uh, you know, I like all those picks so far, is look at the CFF producers, right? Like the college fantasy football producing running backs – the NFL is going to like a lot more like Lou Nichols from central Michigan and Rasheen Ali from Marshall are kind of the consensus, you know, top three college fantasy football running backs. I mean, Lou Nichols, 220 pounds. He's, he's fluid. He can move. Um, you know, Ali was really productive at Marshall. 
And so when you have like a, a Mac and a Conference USA guy, people are like, ah, whatever. But, you know, if you have a deeper Debbie draft, I think those are players who can, who have an NFL future, who are going to get drafted. They're both going to get drafted. And I think if, you know, if Nichols especially can run well at 220 pounds, like now you start to talk about third, fourth round pick and, you know, things get interesting. So I, I think it's worth keeping in mind who, who's super productive. Like they're going to get like Deuce Vaughn, Kansas State, he's going to get drafted, you know. So um, I think sometimes we try to dig too deep in Debbie, like swing for that first or second round running back when there's a lot of running backs that are going to get drafted and be late second, early third rookie picks um, that you could get now for nothing. So here's Shane trying to just boost up value on some players that he's already drafted. You can just feel it. <laughs> he's, already drafted. he's like, this like, is why you should trade for Lou Nichols from me. Uh, trade everything you have no but but that i think that's a fair point too and that that is completely disregarding the fact that like the some of these values are going to go up when people learn who they are right right and i i that's also part of it right it's like as when more the exact same reason as kenny mcintosh a little bit right like pe- when people learn who they are they're going to be willing to a little more willing to trade for them or at least have them be pieces um, to let them down tier from from a position, right? Yeah, I mean, like if Lou Nichols runs for a, a buck fifty against Penn State this year, you know, people are going to f- figure out who he is. Hundred so. percent. Um, so let's let's dive into the twenty twenty four class here. I believe there's a, a few uh, good running backs in that class too. Um, you know, we know that the running back at Michigan is better than the running back at Ohio State. Yeah, that just makes sense. Come on, look, I'm back. You can't have the highest I, hate segment again. You I know? tried, I tried to do it, but I, I could barely get through it. Um, you know, we have a really good running back, right? And Trevin Henderson, uh, the running back at Ohio, at Ohio State. Three out of the top four guys for me in this class are all from the Big Ten, which is pretty wild. Um, you have Trevion Henderson from Ohio State, Braylon Allen from Wisconsin. Uh, my Number three and four, really interchangeable for me. It goes back and forth between Will Shipley at Clemson and Donovan Edwards at Michigan. Um, They really go back and forth for me. But I think after that, things get get a little hairy. Um, So let's just quickly, we should probably leave Trevion Henderson out of this. But who would you guys choose between kind of Braylon Allen, Will Shipley, Donovan Edwards? Uh, Or is it just easily Braylon Allen at this point? Nelly just drafted one in our uh, listener league, so... Yeah, I took Braylon Allen. I, I think he's a tier above, and it's also C two C. Like he's he's running rampant with with Wisconsin already. Um, I like all the guys you mentioned. I will say I have I have a, a tier of three. Um, I have Edwards, I have Shipley, and I have Raheem Sanders. I think also belongs in that conversation with those other two. Um, but Allen's a tier, but his production's just way better than the other guys already, and he's. He's like massive. He's the youngest player in the country in his class. He's like, he should be in the class below. I, th- I think his ceiling's pretty high. It's true. We never heard that when they were playing about how he was 17 and could power clean like 600 pounds. Right. We never heard that at all on any game. Oh, well, you have to understand, Kane. I don't, I don't watch. You have to understand, oh, yeah, I don't watch the games. I watch the spreadsheets during the games to see what's yeah, going they just, on. They just go up and down. Just as a nice reminder, uh, Minnesota beat Wisconsin this year. Um, Shane, if you had to choose between Will Shipley, Donovan Edwards, between those two, who are you going with and why? 
Man, like you, I think it changes week to week. I actually kind of leaned on Evan Edwards right now. Um, and I, my, my thinking is both of them are going to split carries again this year. Blake Corum, Michigan, and uh, Kobe Pace in Clemson. I actually think Donovan Edwards is clearly the more talented. Like, I think he's better than Blake Corum. And I think he flashed that a bit last year. They're going to need him. Um, I, you know, I, I think Shipley's good, but I, I do think Kobe Pace has shown something. So I, I think Donovan Edwards just has the pass catching. If he bulks up a little bit, you know, I, I think both have big potential. Like, I between those two guys, right, I feel like Donovan Edwards is almost, like, better for fantasy football, just in terms of, like, he's, I think he's more electric with the ball in his hands, and I think he can, he's just a really, really good pass catcher, too. I think Donovan Edwards is just really, really good at football. Um, but who's who's kind of a sleeper in this class that, that uh, you think should, should be talked about? And, Nelly, you want to go before I take the guy that you're about to talk about? Well, there are two guys I like a lot that you also like, so I'll take one of them. You can take the other. Uh, I'm going to go with Montreal Johnson, who I, I think was my buy last week or two weeks ago on the pod. He's at Florida now. He spent his freshman year at Louisiana Lafayette with uh, Billy Napier, the coach of Florida. Um, he's, he's a true sophomore, right? He uh, he was very productive in a, in a talented room at Louisiana Lafayette. They have, they have a couple other guys there that are very good, and I think he led the backfield. And it seems like he's going to lead Florida's backfield this year, and it's going to be very run heavy. He's got good size. He can catch the ball. He was actually like a mid three star. So pretty high up there for Louisiana Lafayette. And he caused Demarcus Bowman to transfer out. Like he won that job and, and Bowman left and that's a former five star. So I think the talents there, he's going to have a ton of production at Florida. And, and I just, I love the upside because of that production at a high, high sec school. Shane, who's your sleeper? I think people are just sleeping on jerk was Hunter. Like I, 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 he's splitting with tank Bigsby and he earned as a true freshman, those reps, like I said, Auburn's offensive coaching staff was an absolute mess, but jerk was Hunter as a run, as a true freshman running back for Auburn was catching passes. He's over 200 pounds. I think he meets a lot of the, the, the analytic thresholds in terms of size and freshman production. That's pretty good. Um, I don't know. I just kind of just said that. I have no idea, but, <laughs> but you know, I think he's a good player and people seem to just keep kind of knocking him behind Raheem Sanders and Montreal Johnson and some of this kind of next year. I think he's going to split again, um, but maybe flash a little more production, a little more big time runs this season. Yeah. I, I, he's, he's just a good football player. Um, but I feel like sometimes anytime that people are sharing the work, both of them get hurt in Debbie ranks for whatever reason, even though the NFL has told us that's not actually a bad thing when they're actually talented. Um, Nelly left him for me. So I got to talk about Byron Cardwell, Caldwell, Cardwell, Cardwell. Yeah. Yeah, um, we've already discussed the spelling of his name in in the Discord. So make sure you join the Discord too. Um, it'll be wherever you're listening to this podcast. Hit the description and click the link and join us. Um, you know, I I realize he's a little smaller. You know, sometimes you'll see six feet. Sometimes you'll see five eleven. But we're talking about a guy, even though 
He's going to weigh anywhere from 190 to 205. Um, somewhere in there, uh, he's really fast. Like, he's a really, really fast guy. Um, we're talking, like, a 4.33 shuttle is what he ran in high school and a 4.640. Um, obviously, he's probably going to improve on both of those numbers. Um, he's going to be the main back at Oregon. Um, you know you know how much I love former Gophers and Marquise Irving transferring there. Um, but it's clear that, that Oregon wants uh, Cardwell to basically be the main guy there. Um, there's a reason why Travis Dye left, right? Um, so Cardwell's going to be the main guy. In an offense, it's probably going to do okay in a not-great conference. Um, so, you know, he's going he's gonna to get some views. The only thing that kind of hurts him is the fact that he's in the Pac-12, so a lot of people don't watch football that late because it's at, like, 3.30 in the morning when these guys are playing. Um, but... <laughs> You know, but he, he's a really, really talented football player. Um, and there's a great chance re- that he's not even picked in your five-round startup this year. Right, so um, that's someone that I would I would kind of look at because I think he's really, really talented. Any more thoughts on the 24 class here? I mean, I can talk a little bit about Raheem Sanders just because he hasn't – I think he's a tier above those guys that we just talked about. Um, I won't talk about him too much. I think I've talked about him on a previous pod. But he's just – he's a big dude that catches passes and, and is very athletic. He was an athlete recruit out of high school. So, like, the sky's the limit for him. And Arkansas is going to run the ball, and then they're going to run the ball more this year. So, like, I, I, I love his outlook as well. And, and I'll say when you're looking this far down the line, keep an eye on those running backs that didn't get a chance, right? LJ Johnson, Texas A&M, Corey Kinnear at LSU, Kamar Wheaton transferring to SMU. Like there's going to be some running backs that were decent recruits that didn't play, are going to play this year and, and end up being really good, and that's okay. Yeah, that's true. So should we move on to this uh, next class here? So it's 2025. So that's the uh, incoming freshman. Um, there are some that, uh, we've been talking about before. I think one kind of, kind of takes the cake as kind of the top guy because he's pairing the ability to start early, um, with just being really, really talented. I think most people are going to find consensus having Nicholas Singleton as the main guy in this class. He's going to Penn state. Um, there's really not a lot of competition for him. He's good chance that he's going to start right away. Right, Shane? Yeah, I would think this is the Travion Henderson, right? Like, it's a guy that's really talented, and the running backs have him kind of stink. Maybe he doesn't start game one, you know, but he's going to pass, like, Kevon Lee and those guys, I think, a couple games in. And, yeah, Singleton's just going to blow up for sure. Yeah, um, you know, and then we kind of have some other guys that mix in, right? You have Branson Robinson at, at Georgia, Jaden Blue at Texas, Jamarian Miller at Alabama, Manuel Henderson at Alabama. You have some other guys going to Oklahoma that that are good too. Like Nelly, how do you feel about kind of these guys, and how do you kind of view them analytically when we're just talking about Devi and not C two C? Well, I think it's there are only certain boxes that you can check before they actually step on the field. Right. So like size is important. And while players can grow in college, they can wait. We have learned over time that there are like kind of 
there are ranges that they, a player can gain. And 15 pounds is pretty close to the max of what you can expect. So you want someone to be at least close to 200 pounds as a recruit. Um, also, you want them to have like decent size to go along with that. And then on top of that, I mean, I like reading in their reports that they potentially ran track. That means they'll be athletic. I like reading in their reports that they can catch the ball and be flexible. That shows that they can potentially catch the ball. Um, believe it or not, that that's how I translate that. Um, but I mean, that's kind of how I look at it. And then I also look at spring reports, how, how they're kind of showing compared to their competition early on. Yeah. Let's just, let's just get into sleepers here. Um, I know I'm going to go first because I want to, uh, mainly because I want to talk about Trevante citizen. Um, he's just really good at football. Like he's coming in as the RB nine in this class, um, in in the twenty four seven composite ranks, but he's just really really good. And there's a great chance that the Miami Hurricanes are going to start the season in in a running back committee. I, th- I think that's pretty clear at this point. You know, with guys like Jalen Knighton and Travante Citizen kind of hopefully leading that. I think Citizen kind of shows why he should be the main guy there pretty, pretty quickly because he runs really, really hard. Um, you know, he's he's a one-cut guy, which I think is going to be really, really effective in the Mario Cristobal offense. Um, you add that with their, you know, with, I assume Cristobal's going to want to kind of push the ball down the field a little bit and just open up some room for a guy like Trevante Citizen to run. Um, so I think there's a great chance where you kind of see some breakaway plays from a guy as fast as Citizen. So um, I'm all about it. You were talking about a guy that ran an 11-3, 100-yard dash and a 22-19, 200-yard dash. So, like, really fast guy. Um, I'll take it. He's good. He's good. Trotz <laughs> is just a good player, man. Yeah. He's, he's going to be good. I I think it's a it's a tough class for me. Like outside of you know the other top guys, Branson Robinson, Georgia, Jaden Blue, Texas. Um, probably the guy I like the most is Le'Veon Moss, uh, who's going to Texas A and M, who I think's well built, pretty stocky. You know, the situation's tough because we, we assume L.J. Johnson's going to get his shot. And is Le'Veon Moss going to kind of sit there for two years? You know, they have a lot of weapons. They have a chain and Nia Smith. So I'm really interested to see if he gets a chance. But in terms of like watching their high school film, uh, Le'Veon Moss is my RB5 in this class. And I think because he's going to A&M, a lot of people are just writing him off. I think it could be a value um, to get him late. Nelly, how about you? Yeah, I think one of the guys that I like more than most is Javante Barnes, who is a freshman at Oklahoma. He's the like consensus sixth running back in the class, but he never seems to really get mentioned in, in C2C and Debbie circles. Um, and I don't really know why. Like He's going into a pretty ambiguous backfield at Oklahoma. He he absolutely showed out in the spring. That, like If you go on Oklahoma Twitter, which is – they're awful. Um, don't come after me, please, for saying that. But they're they're crazy, as as are most fan bases. But they love this kid. Like they think he's going to be a star. And while they might be biased, I think the fact like 
he, he's six foot or five eleven, two hundred pounds. Um, he's got the pedigree, and he's going like, I don't know, I don't know why people are fading him. Like he, he should be going higher than he is in circles, in in Debbie circles. Yeah, I I get it. I think he's talented. I I also like Gavin Sawchuk too. I think um, one of them ends up transferring, so it'll be interesting to see uh, which one that is. Um, all I heard that whole time was some Eric Gray hate. So um, <laughs> curious to see how that situation works out. But uh, let let's move on to Shane teaching us something because Shane didn't teach us anything two weeks ago. Instead, we just hated on Ohio State. Um, so Shane, do you have thoughts? I, I do. So I was out uh, in Scotland. I was on Loch Ness, right? Uh, which I, I know Ken loves conspiracies, so I had to bring up no no Nessie sightings for me on Loch Ness. But uh, I actually went out in a ship um, that is a part of the deep scanning of the bottom, basically like searching for Nessie or other things, um, and which was really cool. And so they actually found the Loch Ness monster uh, there. It was just like a film prop that had sunk and they found it like 20 years later. But an interesting story about Loch Ness in uh, 1952, John Cobb, he had broken the land speed record. And so he wanted to get the uh, water speed record, basically of both of them world record at the same time. So he went out to Loch Ness because it's, Pretty, you know, pretty big and narrow has a lot of space to, to build speed. And he, um, you know, basically tried for this record, hit it. And one of his, the boats around him caused a wave that like flipped his boat and he, he died and his boat sunk on Loch Ness when this happened. And so the, the ship I was on in 2019, National Geographic was filming some, you know, I don't know, Loch Ness monster thing. They had some extra time, so they were filming, and and the ship I was on was scanning, and they actually found his boat in 2019. So uh, almost 60 years later, they found like this guy's boat that he had crashed. So it's kind of it's kind of wild. Loch Ness was cool. There's like a castle right there. It's was, it was pretty sweet. I feel like we had we've talked about this before. I feel like we've talked about Loch Ness before, right? I I, I I don't think we have in an official context, but yeah, I think a little bit. Okay. It's been a while. It's been a while. I, you know I'm a big fan of Nessie. Yeah. And I think it's a little bit rude that people are like trying to take pictures. <laughs> like private, she just yeah. needs to be able to like enjoy her time, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Like leave, leave her alone. And also, like anytime there's a documentary on Nessie, I'm hundred percent gonna watch it. Like I can't not. It's it's. Some people have Shark Week. I have the Loch Ness monster. You know, so that's my thing. Um, but let's get into our buys and sells and uh, round this show out. Uh, Shane, kick us off. You didn't get to do one a couple weeks ago. So who are we talking yeah. about? Uh, so so my buy uh, is. Uh, so I was talking to a buddy of mine, um, and uh, you know. I guess we can't quite reveal yet. Maybe next week, maybe next week where we're, we're looking to we're potentially adding a second podcast to the channel, but I was talking with I see. this friend of mine um, who, who might be helping out with that. And he was raving about Jalen Milrow, like that Jalen Milrow is the next like Johnny Menzel, like when, and I think it's good advice. Like it, he's a quarterback in Alabama. 
Obviously, Bryce Young's starting this year. Once Bryce Young's gone, all he has to do is beat out Ty Simpson. You have a big athletic mover quarterback. You know, I mean, this is the guy that's going to run probably more than Bryce Young. Um, I think he's worth going out and getting in deeper Debbie's C2Cs. Like, you can get him for a low-end NFL player, a Terrace Marshall, a, you know, Adam Thielen, like trade someone for, for him. And I think it's going to pay dividends in like eight months when people realize, oh, crap, this is the next starting quarterback in Alabama. My sell is Eric Gilbert. Like, he's, he's still getting super hyped. He hasn't done anything at all. <laughs> I, I just don't get it. Like, tight end for Georgia, right? Was it LSU? Like, if I can get uh, on the second pod, we were talking Brevin Jordan. If I get Brevin Jordan in a pick for Eric Gilbert, like I, I would take that. Uh, I would re-roll a Debbie pick. I, I think there's just so many things that can go wrong for Eric Gilbert and very few things that can go right as the number two tight end for that team. My unknown is uh, NFL-related. Uh, talking about those Vikings, Kane. K.J. Osborne. K.J. Osborne intrigues me. New offense, less 12 personnel. Maybe they actually put three receivers out on the field finally. I thought he looked good last year. I don't know. I'm kind of intrigued. I think his cost is super low. I kind of like him, but maybe I'm just just hoping and it's gonna, he's going to be a wash. I don't know. Maybe you can tell me, Kane. Uh, I I think he's going to be the wide receiver three, but in all reality, is that actually worthwhile in like a redraft setting? Probably not. Uh, probably you're probably right so you know last night i had a dream nelly and you'll you'll appreciate this i had a math dream right and the other and so it just kept flashing through my mind is sine cosine cosine sine 3.14159 and my favorite thing about math is trigonometry right and if i'm thinking about who is mr trigonometry that's no more than michael trig Uh, that was awful that was terrible (laughs) You, you you didn't like that? I did that all for you. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I even did some math garbage. Yeah, first four digits or first five digits of pi was impressive. Uh, well, it, sine, cosine, cosine, sine actually means something. Yes, it does. <laughs> right? Isn't it something about the derivative? Um, it has to do with like circles. All right, that's close enough. Sounds like trigonometry to me. And if I can win at talking about math to Nelly, that means Michael Trigg is going to win on the football field. <laughs> um, I, I think realistically, right, we just have to know that there's not many good tight ends right now. And I think anytime we can get, you know, guys that are going to be relatively athletic, I think we just have to take those swings, right? And I think Michael Trigg is going to be one of those guys that, is just probably more athletic than we think he is. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and take that shot um, because he's he's going to have a be a guy that when we look at the Raz scoring, he's going to score really, really high in some categories and kind of move things up. Like I think he's going to be relatively quick um, because we're dealing with a guy, right, that, that is a little bit lighter, kind of that 230, 240 size. And we're also talking about a guy that played basketball. So we anytime we can take, bring up a tight end that played basketball uh, we have to uh, that's the one thing i've learned about watching football over the years um, have to bring up a tight end playing basketball and he certainly did that in high school he was scoring what like 22 points a game 
in high school. So like that means something. So we're basically talking about the next Antonio Gates. Um, so just really, really good player. I think he's someone that we need to buy because he's valued incredibly low, whether it's tight end premium or not. It doesn't actually matter. You need good tight ends in both of them. So uh, Michael Trigg is someone that I'm buying. Now, someone that I'm selling is I'm I'm going to continue to be out on Rakeem Jarrett for a while, I think. Um, I don't think he's the top wide receiver on his team. I think Shane's guy, Dante Demas, um, is going to be the top guy on his team. Um, so I just have a tough time believing that Rakeem Jarrett's going to do enough um, to kind of even get like where the hope is always right. Top 100 capital and Rakeem Jarrett's not even close to that at that point. Um, he's closer to undrafted than he is to a top 100 pick. Um, someone I'm not sure what to do with is like trying to figure out which wide receiver I want from Oklahoma state. Like I, I want it to be Jaden Bray, but I also like Brennan Presley. So it's like, which one is it going to be? One is usually pretty good and gets pretty solid draft capital. Uh, so which one is it going to be? I don't know. But one of them is going to put up crazy stats, right? I know Nelly would rather it be Jaden Bray, but. Yeah, funnily enough, he was going to be my buy. Oh, well, um, so right I guess that answers your question. Um no, I mean, you make good points. The wide receiver one at Oklahoma State puts up a ton of numbers, and they usually get good draft capital. He was he was good when he was healthy last year. He, he Season totals weren't that high because he was hurt, but he's healthy now. I know people love Talon, Talon, Shetron, the incoming freshman. He got hurt in spring ball, and Jaden Bray is the wide receiver one there. So I'm excited about him. Also kind of in con- in – uh, connection with you, I am selling um, Jackson Dart, Michael Triggs' quarterback. Um, now, I would also like to correct. I said sine cosine tangent was with circles. It's with triangles. I'm very disappointed in myself. Um, <laughs> no need to pile on. But Someone was anyway. yelling at the podcast. <laughs> One person listening was yelling at the podcast. Yeah, it's been a little while since I've done trigonometry. But um, no, I Michael or uh, Jackson Dark gets talked about as if he had a good freshman year at, at USC. And while he showed a little bit of talent overall, it wasn't very good. And so like, I just think his cost is too high considering he wasn't one of the top guys in his class and he hasn't ever shown that he's a very good quarterback at the college level. So I just think his value is too high because he's being valued near the top guys in this class in the incoming freshman class. Um, and then my unknown is Jalen Berger, running back at Michigan State. Now, he was he transferred from Wisconsin, right? He was he was pretty good in their COVID shortened season as a true freshman, and either got kicked off the team or quit last year. We think he's talented. Depth chart apparently he's down at third on the depth chart. I'm just I don't know what to do with him. Like I think he has a high ceiling if everything works out, but he also could just be completely irrelevant by year's end. So. I don't know. Unknown stock there. Yeah, and also worth noting, Nelly, that the phrase sine, cosine, cosine, sine actually means something. That's when you're dealing with the sum of two signs. That's the order in which they should be written. I'll keep that in mind next time I have to do that. <laughs> in case you're wondering, that's the only college math class I took. 
was trigonometry because it makes sense. Not really. Uh, because math never makes sense. But uh, that, that does it for us here at the Debbie Marketplace. We're happy to have Shane back and happy that uh, he got to enjoy some time um, with us, not just randomly um, keeping him up with questions in the chat. Um, so make sure that you're joining that chat at Debbie, the Debbie Marketplace Discord. So wherever you're listening, make sure you hit that description button and click on the chat and join us. Um, lots of people in there. We love talking about football all the time. Make sure you're telling us who you drafted in uh, the Scott Fishbowl League. So make sure you uh, upload your uh, your team there, and we will tear it apart. And hopefully you didn't draft Marcus Mariota in the third. Uh, but that's it for us here at the Debbie Marketplace. Uh, we appreciate every single one of you. 